0: Our purpose is not only for you to know and understand the King's Word, but for you to live it out in your day-to-day life. Philippians 4 and 9 tells us, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Today, our topic is going to be understanding prayer. Let's begin in James chapter 5. In James chapter 5 and verse 13, it says, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins. In this passage from James, we find prayer mentioned seven times. The word prayer occurs 114 times in the Bible, and the word pray occurs 313 times. Prayer is the greatest asset that we have as Christians. This is why we find it mentioned so many times throughout Scripture. And even though prayer is our greatest asset, it is many times underutilized because it is not properly understood. Prayer is essential to our spiritual well being. And the only way to have a strong prayer life is to first understand prayer. Now, in verse 13, it had said, Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. So we see here praying when afflicted and also praying when merry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17 tells us pray without ceasing. We need to pray when times are good and when times are bad. Prayer is how we communicate with God. It's conversation with Him. When we have a personal relationship with God, we become His friends. John chapter 15 and verse 15 says, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. Real friends are there for each other during all times, good times and bad times. If we are to be true friends of God, we need to pray at all times, have conversation with him at all times, because prayer draws us closer to God. James 4 and 8 says, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. And the way that we do this is by conversing with him through prayer. Now in verse 14, it says, is any sick among you? let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. We see in this verse what to do when someone is sick and needs prayer, but we also see a prevailing mindset of modern Christians. Some Christians use prayer only in emergencies, life or death matters, and only as a last resort, when all other options and resources have been exhausted. This is a very dangerous mindset that has creeped into churches. These Christians treat prayer like a parachute. It's always there for emergencies, but they hope that they never have to use it. And as Christians, we need to break free of this mindset. Prayer should never be our last resort. It should always be the very first thing that we do. Now in verse 15, it says, And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. A righteous man here is not referring to a perfect man, because we know that all men fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3 and 10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. A truly righteous man is only righteous because of what Christ has done on his behalf, not because of anything that he did himself. The righteous man relies completely on God, for his righteousness, and this prepares him to rely completely on God for the answers to his prayers. The righteous man's prayer has two elements here. It is effectual and it's fervent, and we find that in the 16th verse. Effectual is defined as an adjective, meaning producing an effect, or the effect desired or intended, or having adequate power or force to produce the effect. When we pray in the will of God, Our prayers release the power of the Holy Spirit within us. When the power is released through our prayer, the Holy Spirit then executes the will of God. This is when we see the effect produced. This is when we see the intended and the desired result. The other element that we see here is fervent. Fervent is defined as an adjective. It means hot, boiling, hot in temper, vehement, ardent, very warm, earnest, excited, animated, glowing. A fervent prayer is a prayer prayed with passion. This is a prayer prayed from the bottom of our heart. This is a prayer that comes forth out of our spirit. Since prayer is communication with God, this is when we see deep call unto deep. This is prayer from the heart. And the other type of prayer is prayer from the mind or the intellect. This is prayer that leaves the heart completely out and is just repetition and regurgitation. This is the cold, dead, religious type of prayer. We are told to pray not in vain, repetition as the heathen do. Prayer from the mind or intellect is where you get vain repetition from. A fervent prayer is not a prayer cloaked in formality. It's a prayer that is sincere and expresses how we truly feel. After the righteous man prays an effectual fervent prayer, we see that it availeth much. The word "avail." is defined as a transitive verb, meaning to produce or result in as a benefit or advantage or gain. An effectual fervent prayer produces spiritual fruit and results in the will of God being executed. It is for our benefit and for our advantage and for our gain, and also for those around us. Let's go to Luke chapter 18. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 9, it says, And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified, rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. We see in this parable, James 5 and 15, exemplified in a practical way. All the same elements are present. First, we find the issue of righteousness. In verse 9, it said unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. The Pharisee made two grave mistakes in this parable. The first had to do with righteousness. He was looking to himself and his deeds as the source of his righteousness. He thought he was in right standing with God because his deeds were better than those of others. He was relying on himself instead of on God. This rendered his prayer ineffective because God is a righteous God, and prayer is conversation with God. No one can speak to God unless they are righteous, and the only way for sinful mankind to become righteous is for them to trust in Christ as the source of their righteousness. Prayer, when done rightly, is a conversation between us and God, it's two way communication. We pray, then we listen inwardly for God's response, then we pray. And then we listen inwardly for God's response. That's how prayer works. The Pharisee didn't do this, which was his second mistake. In verse 11, it says the Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. The key words here are with himself. It didn't say by himself. It says with himself. The problem was that he was talking to himself, having a conversation with himself. God wasn't even involved in the conversation at all. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you eavesdrop on two people at the table next to you, having a conversation. You hear the whole conversation, but you're not a part of it. In a similar way, God heard the Pharisee's prayer, his conversation with himself, but he wasn't a part of it. The Pharisee was a prideful man. Prideful people make themselves and their egos out to be their God. The Pharisee did this. You can tell by how many times... He says, I, in verses 11 and 12. Verse 11, it says, The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. We can see that the Pharisee put the emphasis on I, on himself, rather than on God. God wasn't able to answer this prayer or to do anything with it, because he wasn't addressed. The Pharisee prayed with himself, not with God. God heard the prayer, but didn't answer it. God always hears prayers, but doesn't always answer them unless he's addressed and is a part of the conversation. The Pharisee's prayer was not effectual. No power was released, because there was no power within to draw from. His prayer was not fervent, because he didn't pray with passion. His prayer was a cold, sterile, dead, religious prayer, and because of that, it availed him nothing. We see a very different story when we look at the publican and his prayer. His story and prayer embody what we saw in James 5.15. The publican knew that he wasn't righteous because he was a sinner, fallen short of the glory of God. He found his righteousness in Christ because of what Christ had done for him. He was now in right standing with God and could freely talk to the righteous God. The publican then prayed effectually and fervently. His prayer was effectual because his prayer was in the will of God and he released the power within him. 2 Peter 3 and 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That was the will of God, and the publican was praying directly within this will, coming to repentance. And his prayer was also fervent. He prayed with passion. He was animated, excited, earnest, and vehement. He smote upon his breast. He prayed from the bottom of his heart. And because deep calls unto deep, his prayer, from the bottom of his heart, touched the heart of God. Because the publican, a righteous man, prayed an effectual, fervent prayer, it availed him much. And he left the temple that day justified. His prayer ended up being to his benefit, his advantage, and his gain. It was his effectual fervent prayer that changed everything. It changed his life for all of eternity. Our prayers have a much greater impact and reach than we can ever fathom. Lord Tennyson, a British poet, once said, More things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. We must remember, that every prayer that we pray is of eternal importance. Every prayer is heard. And when we look to Christ as the source of our righteousness and pray effectual, fervent prayers, they will avail us much. Luke 18 and one says, and he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. This is our commission from God. Prayer needs to be more than just a religious tradition. Or exercise that we go through, not just something that we do out of habit. Prayer needs to be a way of life for us. It needs to be an absolute priority in our lives. The same way that we prioritize eating and breathing every day, we should do the same with prayer. We can allow prayer to become such a major part of our lives that even our thoughts become conversation with God. When we do this, we will be able to pray always and to faint not. Colossians 4 and 2 says continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. Once we start praying effectual fervent prayers, we have to continue in it. Giving up is fainting and we are commanded to faint not. No matter the results that we get, we need to continue praying in faith. The type of prayer that can move mountains are only effectual fervent prayers. These are the prayers that change things and that make the most difference. We need to wait on the Lord and give him time and space to work. We live in a time when instant gratification has become the new normal and the common expectation of people. But we need to pray in the will of God and then trust that he will bring it to pass in his perfect timing. Praying effectual fervent prayer requires time and effort on our part. But if we take the time to pray from the heart, it will touch God's heart, and it will avail us much. The only type of prayers that touch God's heart are the prayers that come from our heart. So we need to make the decision today to grow in our prayer life and to start praying prayers that are effectual and fervent in nature. And we will see firsthand if we do this how much they will avail us. Let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you today for your word and for revelation from your word. Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray in the way that you would have us to. Teach us the art of effectual fervent prayer. Help us to pray with passion. And help us to release the power of the Holy Spirit within us so that your will will be executed, Lord. We desire to do your will. We seek to do it. We seek wisdom and understanding to know your will and to not only know it, but to live in it. And Lord, we thank you that you constantly are renewing our minds and helping our prayers to be more in line with your will. And Lord, we thank you for your word and for all that it's doing in our lives and in the lives of those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you want to start praying effectual, fervent prayers that touch the heart of God, and if you want to have Jesus as a part of your life today, all you need to do is invite Jesus into your heart to be your personal Lord and Savior, You then need to repent of your sins and ask for his forgiveness. Then you trust that you've been forgiven and you ask for his free gift of eternal life. If you've prayed this from a sincere heart and you truly meant it, then you are now a part of the family of God. Welcome to God's family. We wanna thank everybody for listening today. We appreciate you spending your time with us. If you would like to give us feedback and tell us how much you appreciate this show, you can contact us at kingswordbiblestudy at gmail.com. And if you would like to learn more about this program and this ministry, you can visit kingswordbible.com. God bless you. We want you to know that we love you all. And we will see you next week as we continue to study the King's Word together.